Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Welcome back, everybody. A belated happy Thanksgiving. But for us, it's the Monday after Thanksgiving. So, you know, belated happy Thanksgiving. This is not another true crime podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Should we just keep on saying happy belated Thanksgiving until like February? Yes. I mean, technically, we're not wrong. That's true. We'll get into like happy belated Christmas, like Hanukkah, New Year's, whatever. I like that. I'm kind of into that. Oh, yeah. But sorry, I interrupted you. This is not another true crime podcast. Everybody knows. I'm like, whatever. We don't always. I mean, I like the intro, but, you know, I I like the intro, too. I feel like it kind of kicks it off because I guess that's what an introduction does. I know. And we never figured out a way to like end the episodes. That's not like, bye. (laughs) It's hard. It's it's kind of like one of the it's hard to stick the landing. Uh, We're not sticking a great movie. Hard to replicate in real life. It's so true. Even when I'm like writing like stuff and working on projects, like I never know how to land the plane. Like I'm always just like mid sentence. Is that cool? Or like like, the final text sentence in a text you're sending. You're just like, I don't. This is just going out there. It's in the abyss. Yes. For sure. Um, Which kind of ties together. Well, because I think the people that we're talking about today, I don't think they knew how to stick their lambda. That is real. That is so true. I was going to say, you know, I was on a mega bus back from Boston for seven hours and thought about faking my own death (laughs) to get out of that. I was like, I think a kayak crash would have been preferable to that experience. Literally anything that sounded when you told me that that sounded like the worst day, a top tier worst day. I mean, honestly, it wasn't that bad. It was, and I knew that it was gonna take seven hours. Like, I had asked my boyfriend, like, do you think we'll get back? Our bus left at like 12. And I was like, do you think we'll get back before seven? And he was kind of like, yeah, are you crazy? Like, of course. And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. Like, I think we're going to get at least an hour of traffic. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I hate being right. It's it's truly a curse. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a full-time job. It is, it is. <laughs> being right is a full-time job. As is uh, apparently faking your death. I think it's uh, it seems complicated. You get time and a half for it. Well, I mean, we'll get into that, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, in, in jail, actually, no, they got half the, the time. But What's still. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, how did you find out about this case? I literally don't even know. Oh, well, you know how? Because I was just telling Sarah before, I have BritBox, and shout out to anybody else who has that, which I blew Sarah's mind, that it's kind of like Netflix, but just of British shows. And I know there are British shows on Netflix, but it's like stuff from like BBC, ITV, Channel 4, all these things there. And I was looking in their like mystery TV shows to watch. (laughs) I love that. I have some amazing ones. Bancroft, if you know, a really good one. And then there was this, there's this show called The Thief, and his wife with the canoe. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I'm sold. That sounds like a clue, uh, a clue-like ending. Literally so confusing. (laughs) So then I was like, okay, I need to like look this up before I like devote my time classic. And I was, and then the first thing when you Googled, it was like, based on the true story of John Darwin's disappearance case. And I was like, huh? A true story? Well, now, with a true crime podcast, we have to unpack this. And I'm so glad we did because... 
I, 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 I don't even know how they did what they did. It's really, it really is insane. It's, it's pretty iconic, actually. Like, just also how poorly executed it was. It really shows you, um, you know, when you're like, if, if you're at your job and you're like, that person is so dumb and annoying. And how are they, how did they get that promotion on me? It really goes to show sometimes people just do things that they shouldn't do and they get ahead. And it's that hard way of life. But you know what? It always catches up to them. Maybe not the person that you're mad, jealous about at work, but other people. You know, there's been lots of layoffs. They might not make the cut. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they're like a nepotism higher than, you know, you just got to grin and bear it. That is some truth. (laughs) But yes, today we're going to talk about John Darwin. Um, Not that Darwin. Uh, Another (laughs) another guy. Um, (laughs) Imagine they're related, though. Oh, imagine. Yeah, that would be crazy. Also, I I love like John Darwin. It just kind of seems like a fake name. You know what I mean? Oh, the fake name John Smith. Like... (laughs) Right? Or you're just like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Carl Freud. You're like, what? Yeah, like... You're just sure? using a famous last name? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is that a pen name? But no, that's his real name. Um, and this is like a, a very wild British scam um, that he pulled. Um, so yeah, let's pour some tea or a cup of... A cup I guess, yes. Should we do this in a British accent? Oh my God. Yeah. There would be like, there were two listeners left at the end Literally. of it and it's us. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm going to get DMs like, guys, never know what's wrong with you. Um, I actually blocked your podcast because that was so <laughs> horrible to listen to. Um, um, so, no, you're blessed. You won't hear my bad British accent. Um, no. So, so John was born in 1950 and went to De La Salle College in Lancashire. And he studied bio and chemistry. And he got married to his wife Anne in 1973 in December if if anybody cares I love it I kind of like a December wedding in like the countrysides of England <laughs> true England. yes very chic and picturesque <laughs> <laughs> so uh John started teaching math and science for 18 years um but then after that he had like a I don't even know he really just changed jobs careers all over the place his resume is quite diverse because then he went to go work at a bank and then ultimately became a prison officer now i don't know what, how those interviews went because i'm mean, like how do any of that experience experience together okay well if you're teaching kids teaching kids to prison officer pipeline i can kind of see i could see that especially <laughs> if you're like high school or no you know what middle school over high school middle school, middle school kids or, yeah are like just so mean i feel like i, I was talking about this like this weekend they're just they scare me yeah they're they're mean you see a group of middle school kids on the subway and you like hide <laughs> oh yeah, i get off at the stop i'm like oh i'm going to 88th street well here i'm at 14th now and this is right. my new, no, this this is my is, new land this is my new destination um <laughs> so that's interesting so the other thing is that he was always very into like money and getting rich and like mm-hmm. these kind of get rich quick schemes um i actually read that he um he like with his kids he tried to get them involved in like a couple of a couple of schemes yeah, uh, he kept on he kept on basically always thinking like there was a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that he just needed some people to help push him to the rainbow end yeah yeah it was it was odd so um but the other interesting thing is um that John and Ann ran a business of like renting out what they called bed sits in uh County Durham, and they had 12 houses. I guess that's like the ye old Airbnb, right? Pretty much. Kind of like a hostile Airbnb combo, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so I'm like, hey, man, they're they're property owners. They had multiple properties. They're business owners. Um, in my broke ass mind, I'm like, how are you not rich? Like, that's what I don't get. If I You're- owned one property, I'd be like, don't talk to me, peasants. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, I'm a Rockefeller. And if I was renting that out, I know, because that means I, I would have another place. Yeah. But the, I guess the other thing is like, because they had a lot of debt, so. Um, yeah, they had money issues, and after purchasing two homes in late 2000, they ran into some debt. And yeah, that does track because uh, buying property does cost money, and you have to take out loans from the bank and stuff. So I get that. Um, one of the homes is where they moved in, which is a seafront home in Seton Carew. And you guys, I'm really sorry that I'm going to butcher all these names. You can make fun of me. It's fine. I deserve it. Oh, fair. We'll take it. Care with the W. I don't know how to say that. And I don't even think I've never seen an English word like that. I know. Like I Engl- feel like from British word. Some of those British cities are like French where you like, for some reason, don't pronounce half the letters. And you're like, <laughs> why? <laughs> like, that's not fair. <laughs> um, so they moved to the seaside home uh, with plans to retire like relatively soon. Um mm-hmm. John posted on like a friends reunion reunited website. What <laughs> I think it's kind of, I guess it was like their like Facebooky type thing of the time. Okay, that's fun. So he posted on that in January 2002 about the jobs he worked and the portfolio of properties he owns with his wife. They have two grown up kids and two dogs. Um, and like everything seemed okay except they had debt, but you know, who you know, who, who does? I do. I have my I have my student loan payment due next week. I feel oh my you. God. I, I, no, they uh, they pause the payments until June, so don't. I no, I have private ones. No, okay. I know. So they just whenever I see the I but you know what? I still want it to be paused for everybody. I don't want it to be forgiven. Unlike these, like and I got like so. Right. Everyone yeah. can shut the fuck up, and just let's just print more money. I'm kidding, but no, not. <laughs> no. <laughs> let's just get a more you know inflation. what we should do instead. I Let's don't know anything kayak. about inflation, but I do know printing more money is the way to get more inflation. So I think so. Or if it's like we're in the trillions, can't we just control alt delete? <laughs> 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 Who wants to be owing money? <laughs> right. Where's anonymous? Please just like hack and delete oh, my student loan debt. Please. I think they've threatened to do that before. Okay. Well, they I've also threatened off. to have a gym routine. So anonymous. <laughs> Let's meet each other halfway. <laughs> Danny, we'll have half a gym routine. You will delete half our student debt. These, these seem like fair turns. I think it's really, really fair. And if they don't, catch me in a kayak because that was Darwin's plan. <laughs> yeah, now we know what not to do. This is very accurate. So on March 21st, 2002... Darwin was seen on his kayak in the waters across from where he lived. Uh, he sort of made like a huge to do of being like, I'm going kayaking. <laughs> like that's at least what I was reading. Like he like would like be seen by his, he waited for like a neighbor to like leave to be like perfect day to kayak. Kind of like really funny in that regard. <laughs> it's like if you, if you do go to the gym, you have to like oh. make a big show of it and make sure everyone sees you go. The way I would be on elliptical level two, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm live on Instagram. I had no idea. <laughs> Actually, that would be awful because I'd still be panting. Um, but later on that same day, he was reported missing after he didn't show up to work. A large scale sea search took place. They searched over literally like 62 square miles of the coastline almost pretty quickly. 
And uh, with that, five lifeboats, two Coast Guard rescue teams from Harpool and Red Car, uh, a police-fixed wing aircraft with heat-seeking equipment. Wow. I'm like, this is advanced for... They really went all out for this guy. Yeah. And teams of police officers. And I wonder, because he was like... I don't know if he knew them, because like he worked in the prison, but like they really went all out. Um, we're all involved in the search. There were no signs of him, but they did find a double-ended paddle near where he was kayaking that same day. Uh-oh. <clears throat> now, it is funny, because we are saying kayak, and if you remember earlier... They, they really they really pivot to calling him a canoe man, and I we don't know why. I think because it's easier to make puns. Like yeah. that's literally what I think. But yeah, they're pretty different because the, the canoe, canoe yeah. is like you have to go like one on each side. Dun, 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 I feel like that dun, takes dun, dun, way more. Yeah. I mean, they're both hard. So what am I gonna say? But also, like one person canoeing by themselves, I feel like is weird. Yeah. Because I thought a canoe was kind of like a click to my clack, like a, yeah, kind of like a little buddy thing. That shout out to what's that? Uh, the Scrooge I'm Christmas. I'm like a magic Pocahontas and like a canoe. Because <clears throat> like you could fit everybody in there, but yeah. Okay, I, f- I vibe with that. Um, and it is funny. So there was no signs of him, but yeah, the double-ended paddle. The head investigator for the search said like if uh, someone loses their oar and can't retrieve it, he's at the mercy of the sea. And currents and has to sit it out until he is rescued. Glee. Does not sound. I never want to be at the mercy of anything, especially the sea. Yeah, definitely not. <clears throat> sea scares me. Um, they also, he also went on to say that normally these people wear the right sort of protective clothing, and we hope this is the case in this instant. Uh-huh. Well. <laughs> <clears throat> he wore clothing. He, 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 he was protected. Uh, the next day on March 22nd, the wreckage of his kayak was found. Uh, Inspector Martin Cook of Hartlepool Police confirmed that Mr. Darwin's family had attended to examine the canoe. He added it was in two or three parts. Uh, the family checked it out to like confirm it was his canoe. There was no signs of Mr. Darwin. Immediately, people were like a little confused because the North Sea was like apparently unusually calm during this time. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like I don't know why you didn't plan. Oh my god. You didn't, you didn't download the Farmer's Almanac to check out when you yeah. should be fake c- c- canoeing. So Deep cut. Everyone, yeah. The Almanac. Whoa. <laughs> so everyone was kind of like, how did you, how did this happen? Like there was. They're like, like guys, how did he's you... really bad at kayaking. <laughs> that was the worst. It's like, it's like when you trip and you're like, oh, there obviously was like something in the, in the ground, right? Like a, a hole. No, just I tripped on myself. I tripped on the gravity <laughs> that I am pulling. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, six months after his disappearance, his wife, Anne, said oh, all she wanted to do was bury his body because it would allow her to move on. But now she's stuck in a little limbo and just kind of putting on this ruse. So the whole thing is like right to this point, this story could be is Anne suing this canoe company, this kayak company for faulty kayaks? Oh, not at all. Was that a thing that people thought? Yeah. That's oh. what I that's what I could have hearing this story in the press. If I thought everything that I thought present time or back then, I'd be like, oh, so she's getting a lawsuit from the kayak company. Oh, now I get that. We know. But if you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know that it's all about the life yeah. insurance. It's like IYKYK. If you kayak, you know. <laughs> if you kayak, you know. It yeah. is always about the life insurance. It's, it's literally, literally always about the life insurance. Um, because, yeah, spoiler alert, as we said, I mean, it's not spoiler John was not dead. Not dead at all. Um, 
So, and this is like what's fucking hilarious. So, <coughs> so first when he crashed, he like set up a little tent in the woods and like just chilled out there for a little while. He he but literally then, was on um like like truly Survivor, <laughs> but yeah. like bougie Survivor. Yeah, I'm I'm also like, damn, they searched the water and these heat seeking cameras or whatever like didn't pick up whatever they didn't pick up some guy in the shore um and this is what's actually wild is like during the day john would stay in one of the properties that was split into the bedsits but that place was like next to his house that's like because it kind of all the homes were like in a row so you could just like sneak in through it yeah it was but i'm like literally like you're not even you're not even far from home you're literally next door and that's and nobody, okay, so he would uh, stay up in the top flat all day and then and then sneak into his home with his wife at night through this, like, secret doorway. That's giving the watcher. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, it really is. Um, yeah, but I just don't even, like, I'm just like, what's going on? I mean, he was literally right there the whole time. Some, he would put on, like, a beard or maybe he grew a beard. <laughs> he and grew some a beard. outlet said that he, like, would literally be be doing like DIY projects like on the lawn or whatever and no one recognized him or people did recognize him and they're just like that is not my mess to deal with oh, like can i say <laughs> that'd be me i'm not trying to get involved <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think one of the people obviously recognized him immediately and was like i'm not i don't want to call the police like you know whatever i'm not good luck good luck with this um so then ultimately uh, they did get a death certificate declared um, and did that said John died on March 21st, 2002. The worst part of all this, too, is that they like because they had two kids and mm-hmm. all their parents were still alive and lied to all of them, too. That's yeah, that's actually the horrible part, it's and insane. especially when their dad is literally next door or in yeah. the house like the whole time. That is like beyond fucked up. Um so then a year after um, Anne got John declared dead, uh, she was paid out some pensions and insurance and some more benefit claims um, that helped to pay off the mortgage. And it was alleged that over 250,000 pounds was paid out from AIG insurance. Um, and yeah, obviously, like, J- John's friends didn't know that uh, the family was, like, in a ton of debt and they mm-hmm. needed a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so apparently during this time, Lee Wadrup, a guy who was staying in one of the bedsits, recognized John and was like, um, aren't you supposed to be dead? And he was like, Shh, don't tell anyone. And yeah, he never did because he didn't want to get involved, which honestly, very New York vibes of them. I, I have to respect that. That's actually so true. Whatever my neighbors are doing, as long as they don't interrupt my sleep. Exactly. <laughs> I get, That's I- it. None of my business. Um, Not going to mess with any of that. Yeah. So then in 2004, John and Anne decided to move abroad. um, And they thought maybe Cyprus would be good. Like, imagine them just being like, oh, my God, I'm kind of like bored. Like, where should we go? Like them, especially them like spinning a globe in this attic. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what they did. (laughs) (laughs) So John got a fake passport. And this was actually also very fucked up was that he basically went to the library and like trawled death certificates and found a baby who had died um, the same year or like was who had died and also was born the same year that John was born mm-hmm. and just like 
stole his identity. So, so that also adds a new level to this crime. Yeah, so he got a fake passport that way. Um, so they, John and Anne went to Cyprus to visit in November 2004 to look at like property. This is also yeah. what I don't get. You're doing all this to get out of debt, and now we can buy property in Cyprus? <laughs> I know, I'm like, you guys still have property. Like, just sell that. I don't get it. <laughs> That's what I really don't get. This goes to show, sometimes you could be dumb, but smart enough to try to do a scam, but you can't change the but dumb. dumb. Yeah, but dumb. Uh, well, I think it's just because, like, I don't know. I think some outlets said that John just, like, had this mindset of, like, wanting to live this, like, grand lifestyle. Um, also, maybe the cost of living is cheaper. I don't oh, know. maybe. He also <laughs> deeply knows? just feels like a narcissist and, like, is just constantly Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, all the, like, affairs he was having and stuff. <clears throat> We'll get mm-hmm. to that. We'll get to that. Sorry, guys. Um, so then in May 2005, a fisherman, Matt Audie, claims that he'd met John, who by then was going by John Williams at a lake. Um, okay, this part is not confirmed, but some people allege during this time that John spent most of his time on the Internet, even had an affair with a woman in Kansas. Um, yes, the United States. And I, yeah, well, I saw this in, um, I think the Daily Mail and they talked to the woman where, yeah, he did fly out to Kansas, um, was going to gonna buy property. He, they, the Daily Mail had this crazy, uh, quote where they were like, he immediately showed up to this woman's house and started undressing like in front of her family. And then she kicked him out. Oh, and was like, well, that's the end of that deal. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like that is not how you, that is not how you shark tank. Yeah, that very bizarre. Um, so yeah, if I, I mean, yeah, I don't really get what that. Also, during this time, he's sending Anne like, like sexy emails. Oh yeah, Torregoros. And I feel kind of like the Kansas woman thing. She was like responding to him because she's like, I have this plot of land, looking for someone to buy. So I think she was kind of looking at it from a business standpoint. And he's like, Oh, she's obsessed with me. She wants me to fly from the UK. To Kansas for Typical her Typical Ben, land. am I right? <laughs> Literally, him like with his beard out to here in a little attic on whatever messaging system. Yeah, fucking weird. So the woman in Kansas agreed to buy a 20-acre farm in Kansas for John, um, and he was going to give her 10,000 pounds after finding the U.S. Again, I don't really get it, but he... Um, Apparently, friends said that John told her that he dreamed of a carefree life near a ghost town with fewer than 200 residents. um, And that obviously, like, never came to fruition. No, Um, because he's too busy popping all around other places. And also, yeah, doing other things. (laughs) Creeping out his potential business partner and and whatnot. Yeah, that was the best part. Like, um, I think even like his her second wife was like, yeah, they weren't having an affair. She's like, why is this man undressing here? Weird. And he's like, well, I read that wrong. <laughs> he's like, oh my god. He's like, love. That's just how we say hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily for her and her family, I guess their interest kind of switched to Panama, which really is a focal point of this story. Honestly, after reading this, I'm like, should I move to Panama? Okay, we the way I've been Google- property costs, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> and the way I've been Google imaging it, and I'm just like, it looks so pretty. Hey. 
as it's very cold and I have like an indefinite sniffle <laughs> that's oh. just going on. Seriously. It just feels feels like where feels like where we all should buy. Um, so the couple flew to Panama on July 14th, 2006, and it was kind of like their maybe endgame destination. But they're so insane because well, it wasn't just thought, like... I thought that John actually had been down there for a he, while. He went down there a few times to look at... This is where it gets the insane part, to look at not just a place for them to live, but a plot of land for them to build a hotel. Yes, I'm like, okay, I feel like they, yeah, they were really trying to be something. They were really trying to be hotel moguls. moguls. Yeah, they're, they're trying but to be Hiltons. It's like, yeah, I don't even, I don't even understand. <clears throat> and what I also don't understand is because while they were looking at all this <clears throat> property and stuff like that, uh, the uh, Panama tourism, because they were like very much into like, people like going to look at properties and everything like that so they were like oh can we take a photo of the happy couple with the uh property oh, agent no. here and they were like <laughs> oh sure sure so keep that in the back of your mind they have a little photo together and uh so on top of that the kind of like webs were starting to like unravel a little bit from all of their lies in March 2007, they, uh, so in Panama, they first flew out in 2006. Then the couple was like, okay, let's go back to Panama, 2007 of March. And they formed a company. And this company was called Jaguar Properties. <laughs> nice. And they made it so they could buy, I know, I'm like, okay. They made it so they could buy a two-bedroom apartment in El Dorado for 50,000 pounds. <laughs> Sounds great. Right. Um, and also, I one article I read they made like the son sign some, or the Anne made the son sign some documents about the Jaguar properties, but they were, she was just like, oh, it's just insurance stuff. Can you just quick do a little John oh, Hancock? No. And <laughs> that's no. I got them pissed, uh, rightfully so. Um, they, so then after that, they were kind of just like getting ready to kind of do this whole new life. Okay, they got their Jaguar properties, they bought their two bedroom apartment, they sold the bed sits that they owned. Under the son's name, Mark, uh, he got the house transferred to him in 2006. Okay, I'm kind of like, I feel like this is what they should have done all along to get yes. out of the debt. I'm not a financial advisor, but I don't know. Especially because, like, she worked at a doctor's office. He worked at a, a prison. They had jobs. Like, why? Like, sell all your stuff. Or, yeah. To, like, the other obvious thing was declaring bankruptcy, and Anne just said John was too proud to do that. Well, it is funny. In the TV show, which obviously took some embellishments, I'm sure, uh, he was like, I know what we can do to get out of your money. There's only one lot out of our, this issue. There's only one logical solution. And she's like, oh, you're declaring bankruptcy. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, it's like that thing. Um, I What's that quote? Like, I shaved off my nose to make my enemies. Cut off your nose to spite your face. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly that I learned that from Taylor Swift. Okay, anyway, <laughs> um, so they pr- um, they transferred all the proceeds of these sales to Panama, and Anne then returned to the UK to sell their main house while John was fully chilling in Panama. Uh, <laughs> not where the story ends, because in May 2007 they buy a two hundred thousand dollar pound tropical state, and this is where their hotel is going to go. Okay, I really am just wondering. I know they got a lot of money from the life insurance, but I'm also like, are you guys going back into debt? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm like, uh, this is a lot of money that's being spent. There's so much money. It is so insane. Um, 
people obviously, I mean, because you really, it is very interesting. And like people around them, I think, are starting to always took a little like, huh? But rises a little bit more because a police investigation like Loki started in September when one of Anne's co-workers at the doctor's office where she worked overheard a phone call between the couples. What also confuses me is like, Baby Girl has a gorgeous apartment in Panama. Plot of land coming. Why is she still working? I guess because she need money. But like, what? Yeah. Also, <laughs> why, why are you taking private phone calls at work? That is dumb. That is, that is a dumb thing. And I think she was doing it on like her work phone. So just could like be fully sitting at the desk. It's fucking dumb. Oh um, God. A, a source close to the Cleveland police, that is also a place in the UK, um, said that the amount of calls Mrs. Darwin was getting on her phone didn't raise any suspicions at first. But while the conversations she was having were always private, some of them were overheard. And they started to pick up that the tone of the conversations led the person that contacted the police to believe she was talking to the man who was supposedly dead. And the investigation basically started from that point. Also, I feel like she was like whispering into the, you know, if anybody was having conversations, I'm like, hey, like, what's that? You're, you're going to be like, who are you talking to? Like, that's sketch. You're like, it's kind of crazy how everyone here thinks you're dead. They're like, <laughs> you're in the break room. <laughs> and you're like, what's up? <laughs> so she sold the family home for almost 300,000 pounds in October 2007 and then hopped on that one-way flight to Panama. Okay, so again, I'm like, you didn't need to do any of this. All you guys needed to do was downsize. That's 300,000 pounds right there. Like, I don't think they were in more debt than that. They move in like a lovely, like, I don't know, like two bed, one bath, three bed, two bath, like a little condo. And they'd be so happy. They'd be so happy. In the third way, because like, guys, being a mogul is actually really stressful. And when you're trying to build a hotel in Panama, you need a vacation. (laughs) So they took a holiday to Costa Rica before going back to Panama. They're li- he's way and also mind you all this is done with a forged passport <laughs> yeah so and like, I think that was also an issue where like John was in Panama but he <laughs> knew that like something like he basically knew that his fake passport visa wasn't going to hold up so he like wanted to try to get ahead of that yeah well he didn't really have a lot of foresight in that regard uh, on November 30th, 2007, Anne bought an airline ticket for her husband to the UK because he was missing his sons, but like he ne- the sons didn't know he was still alive. So like, I don't even know what their plan even was that. But on the same day, Mark left his property firm after working his notice period. So like kind of just like some weird energy going on with the family. And clearly the jig was almost up. Yeah, the jig is almost up. So, yes, like I mentioned, sorry, I got ahead. Panama had changed their visa laws. And um, this meant that the UK police was going to have to verify them in order for them to keep their investor visas. And that was a problem because John had a stolen identity. Um, he knew that John Jones was not going to hold up when the UK police John was Jones. like, wait, this, <laughs> right? <laughs> he knew that that was not going to hold up when the UK, you know, authorities were like um sir this is like a baby that died like you know 50 years ago so what was his plan sarah (laughs) what was plan b (laughs) this is amazing so he really watched one too many movies um because he decides he's gonna go back to the uk use his real name and just fake amnesia (laughs) (laughs) i've like never heard like truly what yeah 
I don't know. Uh, so December 1st, 2007, he walks into the West End Central Police and is like, I think I'm a missing person. I can't, like, he's like, hi. It's literally, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he says he has no memory of the past five years. Um, and, <laughs> and... Gets to be like, oh my god, I'm so surprised. He's home. Like he's not dead. I had no idea. She's literally like, what? Oh my god. Wait, guys. Like it's like when you right? go to a surprise this party that you knew was happening. Information. <laughs> yeah. She's like, guys, I'm shaking right now. That was like Australian. <laughs> oh, I only am going Australian because I have been rewatching Instant Hotel with Bibe and Bondi. So shout out to anybody who's seen that amazing reality TV show where they go to Airbnbs. This couple, the Darwin should have gone on that because they have a bed set. So that that was the plan. Um, I would say he watched too much Breaking Bad, but I think Breaking <laughs> Bad was after this. It honestly was, yeah. But it didn't work for Walter White either. I Not mean, quite. it kind of did, but his wife was like, you're full of shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so similarly, the UK police were like, you're full of shit. Um, by that time, they had kind of already suspected that John might not have been dead um, since, like, Anne was taking all these foreign holidays and was planning to sell the family home to move to Panama and started transferring large sums of money abroad, all while portraying herself as a broken-hearted widow. And, like, I'm not one to tell people how to grieve, but I, I do think that raises some flags, especially if you're having whisper convos on the phone at work. Whisper combos are just going to be like, you know what I'm going to do? Peace out my entire family. That is my support system. I'm going to go to Panama. <laughs> yeah. I know. Even her kids were like, Mom, I don't get it, but do you, I guess. Um, <laughs> totally. So the police had already been looking into their finances three months before he reappeared um, after that tip from the colleague. So everything fully unraveled after that now infamous photo of them at the the real estate office. Uh was published by the Daily Mirror. Um, But before that, I think it was published to that Friends website. Oh, yes. The Friends Memories. Yeah, and I guess they found it. Um, I don't even... What kind of fucking SEO expert did this? Because apparently this found out when someone just searched John and Panama in Google Images. (laughs) And I'm like, how? That's, That's like amazing. These are the two most common names like ever. Literally. It's so impressive. And also, it's really interesting that J-Lo kind of brought them down because she's the reason Google Images exist, they say. So true. That's so so true. true. But this is also... What were you going to say? I was going to say also, like, that's why you don't use a fake identity with your real name. Real name and your real address, which we'll get into. This also goes, don't brag, don't gloat, be humble. Because if they didn't have to... If he didn't have to flex on this friend's site, and if they didn't have to take this photo none would be the wiser i mean yeah seriously don't brag about your crimes on the internet mm-hmm. that is so dumb so the photo had been featured on the website move to panama.com and yeah it was brought to the attention of the daily mirror and the cleveland police again if you're gonna scam people you just you have to do it quietly you gotta, you gotta yeah you, you gotta can't be, yeah. flex on the gram i'm you sorry gosh. you have yeah. to be real whisper not on be real <laughs> that fucking app uh, so Anne confirmed that the photograph was of John saying, yes, that's him. My sons will never forgive me. He was arrested at his son's house. A police investigation uncovered the fake passport. And yes, that the name belonged to a baby who died in 1950. 
They also saw, after looking at his passport, that he made multiple trips between the UK and Panama. Um, and his sons were happy to see him at first, but then when more of the story came out, they issued a joint statement that they were, like, obviously completely blindsided and wanted no further contact with their parents. And, yeah, I can't say I blame them. Like, oh. you made them mourn their dad for years. And then be like, oh, amnesia, okay. And then the reality sets in. So, to wrap up this canoe, kayak, Panama case. He could, he, I'm shocked he didn't just kayak down the Panama Canal. <laughs> That's his plan B. <laughs> so Darwin was charged with obtaining life insurance money via deception and making untrue statements to obtain a passport. Anne was arrested at the airport while returning to UK and was detained in connection to all of these fraud allegations. She rolled into court December 11th in Hartlepool and faced two charges of fraud, uh, gaining uh, over 25,000 pounds and 140,000 pounds almost by deception. She was in custody until the 14th and her husband was also in custody until then. From there, they appeared separately before the magistrate's court and remained in custody until January 11th of 2008. Uh, so they kind of, they didn't really have that much to to um, fight back with here. You know, the kind of... Anne basically tried to say, am tried. I stepping ahead? Oh, okay, no, she oh, tried. Yeah. Oh, you can, you can, yeah, we can get into that. She tried to say that she was coerced by him for all Yeah, this. and that, like, John was controlling and stuff like that. I mean, I, I don't know. She Murphy. was a. She was definitely participating in this scheme. She she partitioned Beyonce. Yeah. She you can't just be like, oh my god, he made me go to Panama. Like what? <laughs> what? I mean, I do think he's. An asshole, I think he's a controlling asshole, Dick. Yeah. But I think she was six pence the richer, not none the richer. So she got she, she yeah. Um, on January 9th, they both appeared and faced further charges of deception. Uh, John, like they were kind of just getting stuff added, added up. So really had stacked financial stuff against them, the password stuff against them, and then like also lying to officers against them. They were both on top of this charged for obtaining more money from a teacher's pension scheme, almost like 80,000 pounds, because that's when he was collecting a pension from when he used to work mm -hmm. there, and the from the Department of Works and Pensions. They got moved and faced committal to Crown Court, uh, on March 13th, John admitted to seven charges of obtaining cash by deception and passport offense. He denied nine charges of using criminal property. These charges were ordered to lie on file. And I had to look that up because I was like, what does lie yeah, on like, file what does mean? That mean? So that means that the presiding judge agrees that there is enough evidence for a case to be made, but that it is not in the public interest for prosecution to proceed. Okay. Usually because the defendant has acknowledged other often more serious charges. So I think it's kind of like, I'll own up to these six things, but that parking ticket's not mine. And it's kind of okay. like the judge is like, I could get you on this parking ticket, but I would I want to go home and watch Wheel of Fortune. Okay, fair. Yeah. Uh, so he, so John admitted guilt. He went with the guilty route and went the not guilty route. Uh, she denied. That's a, yeah, that did yeah. not work out well for her did not work out well for her because like Sarah said, she was kind of going in this whole like, I was, guys, I was, I was scammed like the rest of you. Whoa, 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 whoa. So she denied six charges of deception and nine using criminal property. And on July 23rd, 2008, though, they were both convicted of fraud. 
And the other thing is because Anne entered a not guilty plea, her sons testified against her in court. <clears throat> she went to trial. Yeah. So her she had to, and she was like the first time I saw my sons since the truth came out was them testifying about how they like were repulsed by me, did not trust me, did not even know who I was. Yeah. And also, Anne, our girl, our girl didn't give good trial. She, she, she kept on trying to just be like, because like what they were really trying to focus on with like this coercion thing is like, so he, like, was with you when you did all these criminal acts, and like you were nervous he was going to do something to you if you didn't do this. And she was like, "No, but yes." And then they were yeah. like, "So when you collected this money, was he there with you?" And she's like, "No." But he was in my mind. He was an email away. And it's like, it doesn't really hold, hold yeah, up. It will hold up. If the worst he can do is send you a threatening email. Well, speaking of emails, I mean, Anne really should have had that hat but her emails. <laughs> because <laughs> what, the, uh, what got brought up also in court, we will not read all of them because they are, there's a lot. And they're a little, they made me, little, they made me a little gross. Um, We'll call them love letters that the two sent over email. And like, (laughs) she would be like emailing him countdowns, like, can't wait to kiss you and see you in Panama, XOXOXO. So then the the, the lawyer would be like, did you write this? And she's like, yes, I rather did. Did you? (laughs) Truly. (laughs) And he's like, so this is the man that you were taking, like, what's happening? So nothing really stacked up against her. Um, Yeah, so... And then John was sending all these gross emails, like, I'm sitting naked on my balcony, and it's like, all right. He's like, I will want my mosquito. And what she, and then this she... This is why you have to write every email as if it's going to be one day read in a court deposition. No, that is some truth. That is Because <laughs> then even she'd be like, I was doing housework in my bikini. Like, what? Also, don't wear a bikini. Like, no. Weird. It's kind of... That's weird. Why do you I mean, I'm sure she so- didn't actually do it. That's like, you know, when oh, yeah. when girls are like sexting and they're like, oh my God, yeah, like I'm so hot. For you. I don't know. I can't sex. But yeah, they're like, oh, I'm doing this right now. And it's like, I'm just really eating mac and cheese. Yeah, like, like, you're like, what are you wearing? Like um, a shirt I got for free sophomore year of college that right. has holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So all this fraud was going down. John also faced additional charges for his fake passport. Here's the crazy thing. Because Anne... Tried to fight. She tried to, she tried to do her not guilty. John got six years and three months in prison. Anne, who police kept on just calling a compulsive liar, yikes, but got six years and six months. Yeah, I think she got, they said she got a harsher sentence because she went to trial and because she pled, she tried to plead not guilty. Yeah, and tried to be like, no, guys, I don't even know what's going on. What's happening yeah, here? Did not work. Both appealed. Both denied. <laughs> well... The Crown Prosecution Service, CPS, said that all profits from the callous and calculated fraud committed by the couples would be confiscated. That poor Panama hotel that never seen the light of day. (laughs) John Darwin was released on probation in January 2011, and Anne was released in March 2011. So this was like, they only faced like half of their sentence. Yeah, they only did half. Yeah. And on February 14th, 2012, kind of symbolic, a little Valentine's Day. (laughs) The CPS announced that the entire uh, um, f- life insurance and pensions payout, which was over 500,000 uh, pounds, received by Anne Darwin, had been recovered, partly from the sale of the two properties in Panama. 
Uh, in April 2014, it was reported that John Darwin had repaid just 121 pounds from, Damn, the, from, from the 679,000 pounds that the judge ordered him to repay. But the reason <laughs> That's like for, an insulting amount. Just don't pay it at all then. The reason, though, is because all the assets were in Anne's name because all the money was going to her because all this money was when he was okay. quote unquote dead. But isn't that crazy? He just had to be like, here's 121. And like, they're not together. So like, she's stuck footing all this bill. Right, because they got divorced. I don't remember if it was while they were in prison or when they got out. I think it was while they were in prison because Anne wanted to like try to rebuild their relationships with her sons. She went on to write a book to also repay some of this yeah. payment. Uh, John went to the Philippines and married a new woman. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's his pivot. She's like 30 years younger than him. Yeah. I hope she's scamming him somehow, but I don't think he has anything to scam. Uh, <laughs> but by July 2015, the pair no longer had any a- assets and they repaid the entire sum of everything. Well, all's well that ends well, I guess. Yeah, you know, they, Sarah, you even said um, no one got hurt besides their family. I mean, which is like Emotionally. an incredibly fucked up thing to do. So it's like, yeah, was it worth it? You had five years of probably immense stress and yeah. maybe some fun, and you destroyed your relationship with your family. Just for, yeah, for a little bit, uh, for, to go to Panama? Like, you, but here's the thing, if they retired, I mean, if they didn't retire, if they just worked and downsized, they could have gone to Panama probably for nice trips here and there. I mean, I literally am just like, what if you sold a few of your 12 properties? Right? Like, what's, or just declare bankruptcy, I don't know, it's not. They should have, I mean, yeah. it's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna, if it's that, or go to prison. And um, I know a lot of people were um, kind of annoyed about her writing a book, too, which is fair. Like, some people are like, why is she capitalizing on that? All the money mm-hmm. went to, um, well, it's kind of interesting because I think all the money besides, because they paid, the book was released in 2016 after they paid all the debt from all the sales and stuff like that. It went okay. to an animal charity nice. and the Lifeboat Institution because I know. The, what is that? <laughs> RNLI, those were lifeboats that, they are people that, um, they help with the, because the lifeboats that were used when they were like wasting their time looking for his body in the river oh. in the lake in the ocean so she wanted to give it back to them for that that's actually pretty nice I was thinking about that too because I think in the US they would definitely also you know make you pay back whatever costs were used yeah. in your fake search like with Sherry Papini they oh, were exactly. pretty upset about that that waste of funds because um, it's a waste of funds and waste of time yeah yeah interesting so, yeah and the reason she uh, donated to the animal charity is because she found a job with them after prison and moved to a village outside of York. So that's kind of where she's just chilling now and trying to like trying her heart out to rebuild a relationship with her kids. But oof. oof, indeed. The one son, Mark, has forgiven her. I don't know to what degree, but I know okay. he's has said on record that he's forgiven her. And Anthony is having a slower, slower burn. There. And apparently all her neighbors know about their issue. And their one neighbor said, told Daily Mail, we know her as Anne. She's very quiet, but friendly. She's never mentioned what she did. But then why would she? I uh, mean, come on. Yeah, you're not going to mention it. No. You have to either like lead with it from the get-go or just act like it didn't happen and just hope everybody forgot. Interesting last sentence about John's yes. update in Philippines. So like we said, the wife is about like, 30 years his junior. Yes. He now sells his market trader's wife's underwear and t-shirts. Huh? I know that she sells like clothing in the Philippines. 
Okay, okay so maybe maybe it's like she. I, I thought that I was like he's taking her used underwear and selling it. Okay, so maybe it's uh, just like no, I don't think okay. so. And also, still gets. Do you want to die? A UK state pension of about like 134 pounds a week. What the? How? I, why would he get? I guess because the pension is ironclad. But I really do not understand <laughs> That's how. Fucked. There's also, there was a quote, so they were really upset that this ITV show was coming out because they were like, this was over 20 years ago, like he did his time. And then around this time, his wife had said that John was going to fight uh, in the Ukraine. No. they were like, aren't you worried about that? And she said, he's going to wear, I think, a vest. He has good life insurance. It will be (laughs) fine. And I'm like... How is he's got to be blackballed by the life insurance? That I don't think he's gonna get that going. Yeah, and I do. I don't. I don't know if he ever actually went over there. That was just what outlets were reporting. Um, Okay. Yeah, I can't imagine that actually happening. Yeah. Needless to say, they're not going to be watching this show. No, I don't (laughs) think so. But also, can I say I kind of appreciated that it was so long ago. I mean, annoying for them to bring it up, but it shows it was able to give us a full story of the dust settle and everything like that. It's not like a. This happened last year, and they're like, oh, there's 900 updates. So now this um, show would feel outdated and everything like that. Yeah, true. It was, it's well worth a watch, but I mean, this, I, I, I'm still not, I'm never going to be over this case. I know. I think that's a good show to watch because in the U.S., I've no, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you'd really come across this case otherwise. It, no. It doesn't come up that much. See, this is why you guys listen to Not on the True Crime Podcast. We bring you stuff from over the pond. Yes, I love Keep it. Keep you on your toes. <laughs> yeah. And I also am very excited too uh, that the Facebook group, not another true crime group, there's now a thread going of yes. cases and topics people want us to cover. So obviously join that if and get in on that if you have any things you want us to discuss. Yes, it's a great thread. Uh, follow us on Instagram too, not another true crime. We'll post updates, uh, breaking news updates, usually on the story um as they happen and try to explain what's going on um we play some we do some polls we do some quizzes um it's definitely a fun time and other than that you can follow me on instagram at sarah lameem you can follow me on instagram at cashmere danny cashmere with a k and we will see you next week not see you we'll be back there we go <laughs> we'll be around see we can't stick the landing we, it's fine we, we struggle slack is going off we're falling apart happy happy new year it's not new year's yet but yeah we feel you <laughs> not another true crime podcast is produced by jorge morales pico sean kilby and rebecca sosmacat editing by jorge morales pico social media by sarah levine be sure to follow at not another true crime on instagram twitter and facebook and send all of your emails to natc at betches.com Batches.